Well, good afternoon. This fine Sabbath day. Another weekend to count. Oh, did we finish the count? No, we didn't. The Sabbath is a count toward the kingdom of God in the millennium. <laughs> this is the next Sabbath in the count to the kingdom of God. So we haven't quit counting at all. We got got the Pentecost count done. We got that far. Now we got to keep moving. Well, it's been quite a an eventful week for me, I guess, for Gloria and and uh, Nelson and a few others as well. Uh, I think we all realize by now that uh, Aetna, George's insurance company, quit paying. Uh, they thought it was costing too much for him to be in Bella Terra where he was. And it is a a full, uh, what's the one word they use, nursing facility uh, with all the medical and everything that goes with it. So it's fully equipped, and there are only five such places in this whole southern Utah area. Uh, I tried getting them in Hurricane Rehab, but they're also one of those five, and very expensive to be there unless you have Medicaid, which at this point he does not have, and he has to get rid of everything he has, plus the lint and his trousers, uh, to get Medicaid. So I began to look for different options and went to quite a few places and called a lot of places trying to find a good location for him. Well, we wound up with one. Uh, it's Really, it's conditional whether he can stay there and be there or not. Uh, and I'll tell you the conditions so that it's something we can pray about. Uh, he wound up in Southgate, which is, uh, well, I'll give you the address, Southgate 134 West. 2025 South, 134 West, 2025 South in St. George. Now, it's fairly easy to find, really, if you go right past the bluff exit, the Dixie Drive exit is next. And uh, it, you take Dixie Drive and cross around and uh, go through Auto Mall Drive, and is there one other in there? I think it's a second light on Dixie Drive. Auto Mall has one. I believe it's the next one. Anyway, you turn left in there and go to a traffic roundabout uh, on Tonaquint. It runs both ways. So if you take the first Tonaquint, you're going the wrong direction, and you have to take the second one. And it goes, there's a golf course just below the place. And there's a driving range right there on Tonaquint right after you take that. You can see it from Dixie Drive, a big high fence for a driving range. Anyway, you get on Tonaquint and go down oh, a block or two, and 2025 takes off to the left. Uh, you follow it around a little bit, and uh, they have a big sign that says, voted, assessed, acclaimed, whatever it is, best assisted living place in Utah for the year of 2022. So that's the level that 
they claim to be on. Uh, George is in room 217. Now, of all the places I checked, and it's a myriad of them, this is the best place I've found. Best place he's ever lived. Uh, and the cheapest at the same time. And they gave us some discounts. Uh, I met the director right off the bat. Uh, she is an incredible person. Uh, and her staff is a lot like her. <laughs> They're very friendly, very helpful, very serving. Anything you want, bang, they're right here to do. Uh, so she took me up to the dining room and uh, wanted to show me around personally. And on the right, there were three ladies there for dinner. So she asked them what they thought of the place and wanted them to tell me what they thought of it. So they started telling me, you know, and they, it was obvious they liked it there. So I turned to Nina and I said, I have a question. Uh, what do you ladies think of her? And then I said, I was not afraid to ask that question because the atmosphere in here is so good and so positive that I had no doubt you thought highly of her. And they said, yes. It, it, it alarmed her a little bit that I'd asked what her people thought of her. I, I was just having fun. But I felt confident in putting it that way, okay, because of what I had seen so far. So he's in good hands, put it that way. Very nice building in a very upscale area just above the golf course. It's, uh, well, some of you have been there to help take stuff, and I think you'd agree with me. But it's a very, very lovely place. Now, the problem is, uh, George's condition, mentally and physically, <clears throat> and I told him this very strongly, that he can't let his mind limit what his body can do. Uh, very, very important. Because it's easy to look at our adversities, our cripple, our sickness, our whatever it is, and let that limit what we think we can get done because, hey, I'm crippled. I'm old. I'm, what else am I? Well, he would say I'm old, but at least I'm ugly, or something of that nature. You know George's humor. <coughs> but uh, he does have some obstacles there, obviously, physically. And he has a sore about that big around on his right foot below where they put that rod in his leg. And it's uh, slow healing. There may be a certain amount of, uh, not entropy, uh, neuropathy there. Uh, the, the, the nurse uh, told me that there is some. You can still feel it, though, if you punch it. So there's still some feeling in that foot. But... He's having trouble getting the boot on that right leg where the that break was. He can get his he can get the other one on pretty well. But the problem is they will only do so much for you in this assisted living place. You have to do on your own. 
And he has gotten used to, over time, being in the hospital, being able to punch that button and have everything he wants anytime he wants it. It was that way over at the other place with full nursing. Punch the button, they'll do anything for you. Uh, you don't have to really do anything. Now, I told him this place is called assisted living. They're there to assist you in living. So you have to make up your mind that you're there to live, not to die. There's another outfit that is assisted dying. That's called hospice. You are dying. You're going to die. They just make you as comfortable as you can until you die. So until you get on hospice, you're supposed to be living and doing everything you can to live. Now, I'm explaining this to you uh, after having talked to George about it, but I'm explaining it to you so you know kind of what his challenge is. And for us, that we realize that we are here to be assisted by God in living. We're not here to give up. We're not here to die. We're here to live with His help. But we have to do a great deal for ourselves as well. And that is what he has to make the adjustment to. It's going from having them do it all for him to doing it himself. And two of them tried to get him up to go to the bathroom uh, in the night. The first night he was there. And they didn't, weren't able to get him up. And he doesn't even remember them trying. Uh, he's, well, he had had a tough day. I got him in the car in the morning, and he stayed in the car or in a restaurant or in a building up and around and using the walker and so on all day long. And he was beat. <laughs> so he was dead asleep. But anyway, the director met me the next morning and said, if he has to have two people help him, he cannot stay here. That gets into the level of full-time nursing. So, uh, I impressed that upon him pretty strongly. And he's got his electric cart now, which will go anywhere in the building. That'll help. But he did get his electric cart in the bathroom. He was able to get off of it. He was able to get back on it. And he can do that. And uh, I think we have it figured out that he can and will take care of his own bathroom needs. Now, it may take 30 days until he's good enough and strong enough at it. That foot healing up will help. The break getting stronger will help. But... He's got a real challenge to do that. Now, he was going to the bathroom by himself at home until he fell and broke his leg. So, as the leg heals, he should be able to do that again. But he can't come home uh, because the hall's too narrow to get the cart down. Uh, we don't have anyone there that he can call uh, at any time. And... Making food for himself is difficult. Besides that, he's a diabetic and he likes what he likes. 
and that sends his insulin way up in order to try to control the blood sugar, which is almost impossible when you're eating as he likes to eat. Uh, they will regulate what he can and can't have to a great degree there and oversee how much insulin he gets, and that's critical. You need to take that too much insulin for over a period of time, pretty soon your pancreas, maybe your liver, your kidneys give out, and you're just done. So he needs to be where he can be helped with that. But, but financially, the situation is he only has so much income from pensions and Social Security. And with the level of care of them having to help him with the bathroom, on top of the rent, is higher than what he makes. So he can't stay there unless he is able to do all of his bathroom work himself. For them to help with that is an extra $1,825 a day. I mean, a, a month. 1825 And if he can potty himself, he'll save 1825 and his pensions will allow him to stay there with some spending money left over. So I said, you want to stay here? Get to work. Earn that, earn that right. So, understand the battle that he's fighting and use that in your prayers for George that, that he be able to accept that and deal with it and come out on top. That's what I'm hoping. And he's, we've got him, they gave us a discount to move him in, uh, a free month. Half in the first month and half in the third month. They didn't want us to come in and give us a full three months, and 30 days later we move out and they get nothing. <laughs> so they, they did it right. Uh, but he has, in that sense, 90 days to show that he can care for himself enough. Now, he has made it to the dining room in his cart. He's made it to the bathroom in his cart. So I'm, I'm feeling fairly positive about it, and I hope that he can keep that up and, and make himself stronger and be able to handle what he needs to. Then he's then he can have some assisted living, not assisted dying. Because it's easy to get for anyone to get in that mood and attitude when they have extreme adversity. So uh, let's consider that. And and give him all the help we can and encouragement and, and especially in our prayers. So, there you have it. Now today, let's consider where we are in terms of attitude and approach and where we ought to be in our heads. I go to David, who was the king of all Israel and who will be the king of all Israel throughout eternity in the kingdom of God. So, to examine David's feelings about it, I went to the Psalms, so uh, we'll be here till tomorrow morning going through 150 Psalms. Wrong. Uh, the Psalms are laid out in book form, five sections they've divided it into, which are pretty close, I think, to being correct. 
And they go through the adversities of man. They go through the things that Christ would suffer. They go through an awful lot of things. Pretty much the whole history of mankind is laid out in the Psalms. But here we are at the end of this age, very nearly. We're here, most of us, pretty much at the end of our lives. Uh, Not all of us, but quite a few are past the tipping point, at least. Uh, And what should we be thinking? So what I'm doing is going toward the end of the Psalms, after David had lived his life, worshipped God, made his mistakes, received his punishments, tells us all about it, tells us about God again delivering Israel at the Red Sea, and all kinds of things he goes through in the book of Psalms. But here we are toward the end, so I'm going to the end of the book of Psalms so we can get a summary of what David's thinking was at the end of his life. So we can share what he saw, what he went through, a compilation of his life in Israel of everything that he had seen. Not being allowed to build a temple because he got to be too bloody in his warring. All kinds of things in there that he went through. His own family rebelling against him. His own sons trying to kill him. Uh, Man went through a lot. So, we can give pause here where we are. And look at how it all came out in his mind and what he was thinking just before he died. I think that's a critical thing to understand. And since God tells us to look to our fathers, the prophets, he's a good one to look to. Some of them we don't see as many of the mistakes of as we did David. And we don't get uh, 150 chapters of how to deal with it like David gives us. And he's to be our king, under the king of kings, of Israel forever. So let's pick it up. I'm going to kind of go through quickly through chapter 144. And he starts out by saying, Blessed be the eternal my strength. He knew where his strength came from. It comes from God. He lived a long life. Well, not a long life. He only lived 70 years. But through the length of his life, as he came toward the end of it, he realized the only strength there was was God. Blessed is the eternal, my strength, which teaches my hands to war, my fingers to fight. He couldn't have fought the battles he fought without God's help because he won a lot of battles. And God approved of some of those battles. He didn't approve of the attitude David got into because he got to the point he liked killing too much. It wasn't just a matter of winning the battle for Israel's sake and going home. It was he got to the point he enjoyed hacking heads off. And God said, that's too far, David. You can't do that. You can't get that bloodlust up. Anyway, he says, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower... My deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdues my people under me. He realized even in his kingdom, if God didn't help with the rebellion of various ones and so on, 
uh, he couldn't have remained in power and lived. So he knew everything depended on God. Now, is this a good start? You bet. Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you make account of him? He just told him how much he appreciates him, and he says, but what are we? We're nothing down here. We're worms. Man is like vanity. His days are as a shadow that passes away. We can have great pride, great uh, ego. People get proud of themselves, proud of their minds, proud of their prowess, proud of whatever, their families. But then what happens? They all die. All smell the same a month later. That ego doesn't mean a thing. But the world around us teaches us to be proud. And God says He hates pride. And He said pride comes before a fall. So anytime you're feeling proud, uh uh-uh. We have nothing to be proud of. We were made by God. He put the breath of life in us. He's allowed us to live. He sustained us. What have we done? What do we have to be proud of? Oh, we're proud of our kids. Well, God's the one that set up the very process where kids come from. So, what's to be proud? We just did what came natural, and here they came. Bow your heavens, O eternal, and come down. There's a thought for you. Thy kingdom come, Christ said. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning, and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows, and destroy them. Send your hand from above, and deliver me. That's what we're looking for. Verse 19, It is he that gives salvation to kings, who delivers David, his servant, from the hurtful sword. We've got a hurtful sword coming into this country now very, very soon. And the only deliverance is from God. So these are really good words to be reviewing right now. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children whose mouth speaks vanity, and their right hand is the right hand of falsehood. There's your the elite of the world today. Right there, summed up. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out. We don't need to leave, and God won't allow anyone to break out in on us. This is beautiful, that there be no complaining in our streets. That's one of, the, been a, one of the biggest bugaboos of Israel since the very beginning. Murmur, murmur, complain, whatever word you want to throw in there. Negativity. No, let's not hear any complaining. Let things be so good that there's nothing to complain about. God says He will. Alright, what's the result? Happy is that people that is in such a case Yes, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. You want happiness? Here's how to find it. 
Now, it's going to continue in that light. 145, I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. So he has concluded toward the end of his life here, there's only one way to go, and that's to extol and praise God forevermore. Because he had seen his hand throughout his life and knew that's the only avenue to travel. If there's a yellow brick road, that's it. And he does say that the streets of Jerusalem will be made of gold. So take that, Kansas. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. There's no crack in his armor. There's nothing you can search that you won't find perfection. Only place you can go in the universe and do that. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So once his kingdom is here, there'll be no complaining. Everything will be beautiful. And one generation will show the next generation how to live and how to be. You know, to some degree at least, it was that way a hundred, two, three hundred years ago where families were living on the farm and the family was together, stayed together. Uh, kids got married, moved onto part of the land or stayed in the house or whatever. And the old people, as they got older, had their room and they stayed there until they died. You didn't go into assisted living or assisted dying or whatever. You stayed home and you didn't have $50,000 operations and all the stuff that they throw at you today, all kinds of meds to make you feel awful, even though they're to make you feel better. Uh, they give you one to make you feel better and it has side effects that made you feel better. And then they give you another one to make that better and the side effects to make you feel even better. I know it's worse, but I've spoken English some. Just a fact. So, they may keep you living another six months or two or three years in pain and misery and doped up and hurting. It was so much better to you just stayed until you died. They might have had a doc with a black bag come around and check your heart to see if you were alive and give you a pain pill. I don't know. Sometimes. But if you had a heart attack, you laid in bed. And if you got better, you got back up. And if you got worse, you died. But you died at home, at peace, in bed. Generally. Now, we get into the system and through, go through knives and drugs and, oh, my, 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 my. I've seen so much of that with people. Don't you dare take me there. <laughs> you find me laying out on the ground, drag me in, put me in my bed, and then they'll put you up probably for assisting manslaughter. 
or something. I don't know. It's just it's just so upside down and backward. I don't want to go through that. God made us once to die. It's part of living. It's the other end. And it is an end that's going to come. And they might try to keep you alive a little longer. Big deal. If the quality of the life is going to be hairless and hurt, why be there? You know, in the grave, it's peaceful, it's quiet, there is no pain, there's no thought, so you're not discouraged or depressed, you're just, that's it, until the resurrection. No time passes, you're not aware of time, you're just dead, the dead know nothing, he says. So, good place to be. Now, death is an enemy, I understand. We have to overcome death with the victory, but he's talking there when he says that about eternal life. Death's going to happen on this earth, but the victory is eternal life. So, yes, we're going to die. I don't mind the thought of being dead. I just don't like what it takes to get from here to there. That's the part that bothers me. And I don't want to go through the world's way of doing it. We've got to finish this, so why am I on that? Uh, let's go on down to verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Everything he does is going to be righteous, it's going to be holy, it's going to be upstanding, it's going to be the best there is. Why go anywhere else? <clears throat> he is near to all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. So he is not there for all who call upon him without the caveat of calling on Him in truth. He listens to those who turn to Him in truth. He hears not sinners, those who are living a life of sin and not trying to go His way. But if we are going His way, He does not account that sin to us, and He is near to us if we are doing that with the truth. So all these Sunday keepers and Easter and Christmas keepers and whatever all else they are, he's not paying much attention to at this point. Just those who seek him in truth. Thy word is truth. All the words of this book. If you want to be God to be near to you, live the truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get in a position where we have trials, troubles, tribulations, and difficulties. He's saying that we will have those things, but be delivered. So you will have those circumstances. But He will take care of it in the long run. You may suffer a while, 
You may suffer a while. That's okay. That's part of building character. Did David suffer a while? Man, he suffered all kinds of trials, troubles, and tribulations. Sickness, losing children, uh, not being able to build a temple was a huge disappointment. And on and on it went. He went through a lot. But here's where we wound up. That's the point today. Where do we wind up? What is our attitude when we've been through all this? He'll save them. The Eternal preserves all of them that love Him, but all the wicked will He destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Eternal, and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. We could stop right there, and if we could grab that and hold on to it, we'd be okay. But let's go on. He has quite a bit to say here. Praise ye the Eternal. Praise the Eternal, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Eternal. Through the troubles and throes of death, he was, I don't know what, at the end of his life. He had some kind of illness, sickness, disease, but he couldn't get any heat. He was chilled to the bone. That is a terrible feeling. You can pile blankets on and pile blankets on, and, you, and it can be 80 degrees in the room, and you're still cold to the core. That's where he was at the end of his life. They finally brought in a young lady to curl up with him to try to get him warm, because as it says, he got no heat. He didn't. It wasn't an illicit situation. He wasn't capable of that, I don't think, at that point, uh, because of his sickness. He just needed to be warm somehow. And that's the way they chose to do it. Today we have electric sleeping pads, I guess. But they didn't then, so they got uh, Abishag to do it. I had a girl in college tell me one time, I want to be an Abishag. Now what she meant was, I want a man to curl around. And I thought, well, why do you want to be an Abishag? You can curl up with somebody and he ain't doing nothing. <laughs> what good is that? But I didn't say anything. As long as I have being, I will sing praises to my God. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. And there, I think, comes in... A lot of different issues, but medical is one of them. They really can't heal you. They can't help you much beyond a certain removal of pain or parts. And there you are. And life is difficult. Putting trust in man won't get you any help. His breath goes forth. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. They all die. Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. I try to picture me on my dying bed, whenever that'll be and wherever it'll be, if I'm on a bed. What should my thoughts be? Oh God, I'm going to the hospital. Maybe they can... 
give me chemo and give me four more years of pain. No. If I'm laying there with cancer, I'm going to be crying out to God to give me relief, to give me help, to remove the suffering, and let me die in peace. And however long it takes for that to go through and kill me, so be it. I know I'll be in less pain, and it'll probably less last a shorter amount of time if I just let it happen. But if you get all this so-called help, you'll go through more pain and more suffering and maybe last a little longer. Big deal. When you're dead, you remember nothing. Oh, I got an extra six months. You're going to be laying there in the grave. Oh, I got an extra six months alive. No. You're just dead. Graveyard dead. No life, no thought. Dead. I'd rather be in God's hands and let Him choose the time of my death than a doctor with a knife that, oops, sorry about that mess. <laughs> you know, whatever. Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. This is at the end of his life. This is his conclusion after seeing all that mankind does. The God which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keeps truth forever, which executes judgment for the oppressed, which gives food to the hungry, the Lord looses the prisoners. We've got examples where he got some of his apostles out of prison. Just unlocked the door and let them walk out. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The eternal shall reign forever. Even your God, O Zion, unto all generations praise you the eternal. Make sure you're part of Zion, whatever that means. I think we know. 147. Praise you the eternal. Starts this one the same way. For it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. You know, if you're in a praising attitude, a thankful attitude of gratefulness and gratitude, you're not moaning and complaining, are you? Because you're praising God. And you can always do that. <clears throat> I remember Marla when she was in some of the worst of her pain. Is that Lyme's disease attacked her internal organs and they began to melt. She was in awful pain. And she was not going to go to St. George Regional Hospital. You couldn't make her go, and I didn't try. But she was in terrible pain. And she would murmur, Oh God, oh God, help me. That was what was on her mind. I have no doubt she'll be in the kingdom of God. With the, in the, in the amazing example that that was. 
The Lord God builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He's going to do that real soon. Gather his people. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Lame, deaf, blind, those who are sick and hurt at heart. You know, physical pain is one thing. Emotional, mental, psychological, spiritual pain is on another level. He tells the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. He even counts our hair. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. There's nothing he doesn't understand. It's infinite. It goes on forevermore. How much do we believe God loves us? I've never counted anybody's hair, no matter how much I thought I loved them. God does that. That is pretty much detail, is it? The Eternal lifts up the meek. He casts the wicked to the ground. He goes both ways. You be what you're going to be, and he'll be what he is. He'll keep the meek and the humble. Sing to the Eternal with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. When it's all said and done, if you're singing praise to God, you can't go wrong. Not much negativity there. Who covers the heaven with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow upon the mountains, he gives to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. God provided all these things. And you know, that's I personally tend to look at those things a lot. If I need to adjust my attitude, I need to think through things, I need to determine my approach and attitude, I often just head for the wilderness. I can get under a pine tree and see how beautiful it is. And I've said this before. And watch the squirrels and the deer come through and know that somebody who is full of love and understanding and kindness and so wonderful made all those things. And that picks me up because I see what God has done. Romans 1 tells us, look to the creation to see what God is. And you look at what He's created and you can't help but want to be around Him. He likes trees and squirrels and deer. And I like trees and squirrels and deer. So, I want to be near Him who could make that stuff. I can observe it. He made it. Wow! I want to be near Him. I don't want to be near Hitler or Mussolini or Biden or Putin or any of those folks. He delights not in the strength of the horse. He takes not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope in His mercy. He doesn't care about a young man's legs or biceps. He cares about those who will serve Him in love. That's what He cares about. 
You know, God loves you the same, whether you're the most beautiful woman on the world or ugly as a mud fence. It doesn't matter to Him. He doesn't look to the physical. He looks to the attitude, the mind, the personality, the attitude. So ugly or beauty means nothing to Him. It means something to people, not to God. He takes pleasure in them that fear Him and those that hope in His mercy. Praise the Eternal, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. And part of this is prophecy that's being and soon to be fulfilled. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest of the wheat. This is what He's going to do at the end. We've been reading prophecies about it now for years. This kind of sums it up. He sends forth His commandment upon earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the hoarfrost like ashes. He casts forth His ice like morsels. Who can stand before His cold? He's in control. Weather, everything. Now man's getting to the point he can partially control weather, and he thinks he's really something. But he's going to wind up on the short end of the stick. You can bet on that. He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow, and the waters flow. He made all these natural laws. He shows his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. So there are those... <coughs> that he not only controls the weather over, but he gives them the things they need to serve him and have eternal life. He shows his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt so with any nation. He hasn't given it to anyone else. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise you, the Eternal. We are so blessed. How do you know where Israel is? It's real simple. Who passed out Bibles to the whole world? Was it China or Russia? No, it was the United States and Western Europe. They're the ones that had the Bible. They're the ones that care about the Bible. They're the ones who are now turning against God and stopping people from having Bibles. Right here in the midst of Moronville. They just took the Bibles out of the, some, some of the libraries and the schools because people protested that the Mormon libraries, public libraries, have Bibles. They just stopped children at the nation's capital in the middle of the Pledge of Allegiance, which we all were required to say years ago as children in school. Now they stop you at the nation's capital and you can't do that. Wow. He's not dealt this way with any nation but Israel. And Ephraim in particular right here. 148. Praise you the eternal. Starts it the same way. Are we getting the picture yet? You're going to sum up his life Every chapter starts with praise the eternal. 
Praise you the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise you Him and his, all His hosts. Praise you Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Eternal, for He commanded, and they were created. Now, this is poetic in some ways, but you know, there's another scripture that says the earth groans. The whole earth groans. The Russians just drilled a hole 33,000 feet deep. 33,000 is a satanic New World Order number. 33, 33. And some people say that they hear the groanings through this shaft of people suffering in hell. Now, they don't. Because there are no people suffering in ever-burning hell. But God even says that the earth groans because of the rule of Satan and how it's been misused, abused, destroyed, and polluted. And in the book of Revelation it says, Woe to them that pollute the earth. And it's been going on and is happening. But he says, Even the earth groans. So maybe it's poetic to some degree, but there maybe are some even audible groans from the earth in its crust and all that's been done to it. And he says, For all the heavens and earth and everything to live in praise of God animate or inanimate, they were made by God. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I know it means if you have the capacity, so to do, do it. Praise God. He has also established in verse 6, forever. Uh, he has made a decree which shall not pass. The heavens and earth are going to remain forever. They're not here just in a transitory way. They're here forever. And you can be here with them. And he's telling you how. Praise the eternal from the earth, you dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling his word. He said all these things in process. The fish do what the fish do because God designed them to do what they do. I can't do what a fish do. <laughs> I can only do what I was designed to do, and I resist it. The fish don't resist. The birds don't resist. The only thing that resists God are spirit beings who rebelled in human beings who resist God. That's all. Mountains and hills, fruitful trees, cedars, beasts, all cattle, creeping things, and flying fowl. We sing this one. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maiden, old men and children. He's projecting the way it's going to be. It isn't this way yet. The kingdom of God and the millennium are not here yet. Let them praise the name of the Eternal, for His name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. 
He also exalts the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near to Him. Praise ye the Eternal. Probably praise is the most common word here in these last five, six chapters. Well, maybe the is, but I mean of any meaning. Let's go to 149. Can anybody guess how it starts? <laughs> praise you the Lord. Sing to the Eternal a new song and His praise in the congregation of saints. 144,000, the Bride of Christ, are going to sing a new song that nobody else can sing. Nobody can sing it but those. You know, there are a lot of songs out there that a lot of people can't sing. There's probably more songs out there that I can't sing than there are that I can. But those 144,000 are going to be the only ones that can sing this song. What a miracle. Amazing. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. You know, when you make something, you like it when people appreciate it, don't you? Let's take cooking, for instance. You make something, and you put your time and energy, your ingredients, your money, everything into it. And with women especially, aren't well men that cook a lot, the presentation means so much to them. Now you can scramble it together and put cream on it, and I'll eat it anyway. The taste means a lot more to me than the presentation. But if it's something you make, you make it with the idea that people are going to like it. And you know, you feel better when they say, Man, that was good. You sure did a good job on that dish. That feels pretty good. If people look at it and say, Ooh, where did that come from? They don't rarely say they rarely say that. I don't know that I've ever heard it. But sometimes they think it. And you don't like that. You prefer it if you bring a dish that they'll eat most of and leave a little for you. But you don't like one that they all look at and bypass it and get something else at the potluck. Because to them, for whatever reason, it didn't look appetizing, so they just passed it up. We like things to be liked. We like our work to be appreciated. And God has done an awful lot of work, and He wants to be appreciated. He's not vain. He's not egocentric. He's not bragging about something He didn't do. He's only telling us of what He did do and asking us to appreciate it and appreciate the one that could do it and did it for us. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. He has his throne and the angels and the sea of glass. and He doesn't need anything. But he wanted to share what he does have. So he made a beautiful earth and put a beautiful people on it. 
because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Created. Male and female created He them. And it's beautiful the way He did it. It's incredible what He has done. And then we take it and make a mess out of everything He has done. Ourselves, the world, everything. Now, David said, I've seen it all. I've done it all. And he had. In spades. And here's what he came down to. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. Now he tells us frequently to sing. And we somewhat frequently sing. He tells us to dance. How frequently do we do that? Maybe we're missing something here. Just how do you dance <laughs> before God? There has to be a good and righteous and wonderful way to dance before God that He will enjoy and appreciate. He likes singing very much. There's always singing and hallelujah around His throne. So praising God isn't just praise the eternal, oh my God, in prayer. It's singing praise to God. He says it many times. And dancing in praise to God. You know, I don't think David even had a clue when the ark came back from the Philistines and he started dancing in the streets. I don't think he had a clue that his kilt was jumping up and down. His wife got real uptight. But he was just singing for joy in the eternal. And whatever showed, showed. I do not know. wasn't there. Don't care. But his wife didn't like it. Maybe it went up to his knees or above. I don't know. But the man's heart was filled with joy and praise and gladness. That's all that matters. Let him them praise his name in the dance. Sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the eternal takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Well, I've, once in a while in a shower, I don't know if I've tried it in bed or not, but maybe <laughs> since I sleep alone, maybe I can get, get away with it. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. High praise of God in your mouth. The two-edged sword is what? The Word of God. That's in your hand. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. This is what judgment goes by. This is what we use to judge situations is God's Word. To execute vengeance. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers, feathers of iron. The wicked cannot be allowed to run free. They won't be. God is going to have a peaceful, harmonious, loving place 
without vengeance, without jealousy, without hate, without offense, without all these negative human things that we allow and shouldn't. To execute upon them the judgment written, and here it is, this honor have all his saints. Praise you, the eternal. We're going to be with him in judgment. He judges us ahead of time in this current time of salvation. We rise to meet him and are ever with him. And when he comes back on a white horse to finish the judgment of the earth, we're going to be with him and partake in that judgment. What an honor. All right, let's get 150. Don't praise the Lord. Oh, no, that's not what it says. It says the same thing, doesn't it? Praise you the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Gives you a lot of things to praise Him about in these chapters. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Remember the things He's done and what He's going to do. He's told us. Praise Him for what He's done and praise Him for what He's about to do. There's not much room in here for feeling sorry for ourselves, for our poor situation, however it may be. We don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves if our mind is moving forward praising God Almighty. That's where we need to be. Then he says how? Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Is there any man on earth you can praise this way? What have they done? Nothing. Nothing good. Very little anywhere. But God has done all great things. He is there to be praised. With the trumpet, the psaltery, and the harp. Praise Him with the temple and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Not just the flute. A cymbal makes an enormous noise. God wants to be praised where He can hear it. Remember that situation where the guy was told strike the ground and he took the stick and kind of dabbled it in the dirt, kind of didn't get what he wanted. And the prophet told him, you're supposed to strike the earth. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Do it with zeal. That's what he told us all as Laodiceans. Do it with your might. Do it with zeal. Do it loudly. He's saying here, make sure the praise that you have for God can be heard. <coughs> Not all music should be cymbal music, no. It could get cacophonous. But with all these other instruments, pretty good. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the eternal Praise you, the Lord. 
David's last words. Good words. If we do this, we will never fail. Praise you, Lord.